0: You want to hire for your weaknesses. You want to surround yourself with people that can cover your blind spots, can help you with the things that you are not an expert in. All right, going live, another episode of Just a Thought, Friday almost afternoon here, Eastern time, Friday, late afternoon for you guys, almost evening, right? Yeah, um, it's five. I'm currently running off of coffee. I had a cup of coffee in a, in a meeting that I almost forgot about, about an hour and a half ago, and that's it, so my temperament's going to be interesting for this episode. <laughs> I don't know where where you guys are at, your, your mindset, but uh, yeah, we're going to be talking about Team building tips, uh, remote team building tips, virtual team building tips, um, things that can help you build a team to get your app launched. got a few topics to consider in this, a few tips that we've encountered in our experiences working with uh, app creators to get their ideas turned into a reality. We're going to get right into that. Any comments, guys, any, any notes, any highlights from your week that you would want to add to this recording?
1: Lots of working on an app that we have for our client.
0: <laughs> Daniel Daniel is deep. He's in the midst of a deep dive on a project.
1: Yes, exactly.
0: He's going he's going 110 miles an hour. Right. And yeah, I'm very here. appreciative of that. Yeah, same with Marnie actually. Both of you guys. We're at like 90% bandwidth here on the projects we're working on. <laughs> and I just I just keep throwing stuff at you guys and I'm just like, what? Well, we're just waiting hit a new until level. we
2: break. Like he's just trying <laughs> to break us.
0: <laughs> we will break them.
2: No, I think the week is pretty <laughs> what, good what, so far. Like Yeah. Like working on a lot of planning strategy on my end, I think, and then Daniel's full on mm-hmm. in development mode back end on another project. So his
0: natural habits. I right? think
2: it's perfect for this episode to talk <laughs> about how we actually handle all that
0: being remote. That's for exactly. Sure. Exactly. Yeah. So I guess we can get right into it. So yeah, this you know, this was something that I think it it's come up kind of naturally for us in building our team and, and helping clients, you know, figure out how they're going to get their projects completed. So we thought, hey, let's, uh, let's make this a podcast episode. So we've got a few tips here, some sort of larger, uh, larger tactics, that we can kind of break down and talk about a little bit discuss a bit. So for one starting off, you know, team building tips, virtual team building tips, remote team building tips for getting your app launched. Uh, number one, this one came up for me. And I think it's something that a lot of people need to consider. Um, when they're moving forward with the project is you want to hire for your weaknesses. You want to surround yourself with people that can cover your blind spots, uh, can help you with the things that you are not an expert in. Um, And I think a good example of this, you know, for me is like, you know, if if you've got this idea, you know, to build, you know, an application and you don't know like what UX is like, that's just like, you don't even know what that terminology is. Okay. Yeah. You're going to need to hire a UX designer. You're, you're, first of all, you're going to need to get acquainted with that. And then you're going to need to find somebody who knows what they're doing there. And, you know, it, it, it could be any sort of expertise like that, you know, like maybe, maybe you have a background in sales and marketing and like, you can have that part of the, of, of your, business covered but you are not a design expert or you don't have the uh you know the technical expertise in in development to to get this started yeah you're going to need to find the right people for that and it's not something that you can necessarily like just kind of piecemeal together and and figure out on your own because i think a lot of times people think you know well we do live in this age where you know we have access to so much information i can just kind of like figure this out you know like i can read some articles on this and at least get a, a, enough of an understanding to uh you know to kind of like piecemeal something together and it's like oh okay well good luck with that um you know i think when it comes to any of these areas you should probably be finding expertise and surrounding yourself with it so hire for your weaknesses
1: yeah exactly and adding to that like it's uh very important to know your weaknesses as well not being afraid of them because, you know, it's important not to fall victim into being jack of all trades, master of none. Right. Uh, and yeah, if, if you have a weakness and you know that there is a weakness, it's better to just focus on what you're good at and hire for your uh, weakness.
0: Definitely. A lot of times your idea for an application can come from an area of expertise that you have. Like you see that there's an issue somewhere like in your field, in your industry, um, as a result of like your experience there. And that's very beneficial of a perspective and a position to have. But yeah, being aware of the fact that like, hey, I don't have the means by which to actually you know, build this thing, um, or I don't know where, like, you know, I don't know what, like how to do user research or, you know, anything like that. Yeah. Having the awareness to know, you know, the, these are the things that I'm not good at and I should be looking for people to surround myself with that can help me to get this thing done. You know, that's that's the perspective from which you're actually going to start to see some success in, in turning your idea into reality.
1: Right, and for me, that happened uh, with design, actually. I was, when I started out as a web developer, after like, you know, half time of my career, I decided that I want to, you know, master design. So I would like, you know, just develop front end and be a design kind of full stack developer. Uh, But then I realized that that's actually my weakness, like in design, I'm not really good. Uh, You know, if my best design is actually like just a copy of something that you see on Pinterest or something, it looks good, but it's not mine. And, uh, you know, if I try to make a design system or something, it's not as consistent as you, for example, see in Marlon's work, which is like thousand times better than my best work at design. So that's an example of a weakness that I have and now I have Marlon on my side and
0: I can you know have this weakness covered by his mastery right yeah I mean and that's pretty much how we were formed as a team you know like back in the day when I was like freelancing and trying to do everything myself I very quickly understood like Okay, both design and development, like, <laughs> like the actual deliverable, like the, the delivery of, of projects is not my strong point. Like, I'm so much better on like the client side of things and consulting with them. And like really getting to understand what their needs are and what what they you know, and, and translating that into the technical language. Um, you know, like, that's what I'm good at. And I need to find people that are experts in the areas that I'm not good at. And lo and behold, here we are together, you know, with you, both of you guys crushing it on the design and development fronts. Um, and we wouldn't be able to, you know, work on the projects that we do without surrounding ourselves with expertise in our areas of weakness.
1: Right. Exactly. That's one of the main, like strong points about our team. I was actually thinking today, you know, what would happen if somebody of us would, you know, leave or something. Like, it's literally all bad and Shakhtar is, is us free and, mm-hmm. you know, expertise in those areas. That would be de- yeah. devastating.
2: Very true. Well, Dude, but you yeah. I mean... The whole, I, the whole ship would You would sink. be able to hire somebody else, I guess, <laughs> but, like, the, the team dynamics wouldn't be there. And maybe that's... Right, the whole culture we built. And maybe the I systems mean, even count, break, right? like It wouldn't a, be the same. It's another thing to also build the systems, and I think... That might actually also a weak point of ours at this point a little bit maybe where we we don't have systems written down right. in a sense of like okay we can just hire somebody and say like here there you go read this and you know exactly how we work and how we interact with each other right i guess right exactly. that's something true. we still have to work on but i think we're on a good path and it's not like we don't have systems in, in place right i think each of us has we have a good understanding how we work together as a company and how we individually mm-hmm. work on our systems but, like it, as always, it's always the documentation that j- it just takes a long time to document all these systems, and then, but it's worth it, especially when we talk about or probably talk about today as well, like growing your team and like what that means,
0: definitely, and we'll get into systems on on this one for sure, but yeah, I would be so sad if uh if this core team <laughs> some for whatever reason was no longer in existence, I don't know what what I would do. i would' probably just sink into depression probably, yeah. never same here, man same <laughs> here that's
2: why it will never happen <laughs> and the podcast man we we would have to change the podcast. It's like yeah. not three people
0: anymore god we got we got too much invested yeah. in this for us to turn back now. We're just full steam right. ahead, right? No, but that is a good point, Marlon. I mean it is you know uh I guess I think this is like a Dan Kennedy who's like a you know kind of a famous marketer guy. Um, in one of his books about like managing, like managing teams, I think, or something like that, I can't remember what it's called. Uh, he says something about employees, uh, but I think generally speaking, just colleagues, like people, people that you work with. Like <laughs> his his quote is, "Yep, they all go lame one day or another." Like you know, it, even it, you know, no matter how good the relationship is, no matter how uh, you know great everything's going now, like it, eventually something's gonna something's gonna give, something's mm-hmm. gonna break. And that's a kind of an interesting outlook on life, right? You know, (laughs) everything's, we're all going to die one day, basically, is what he's saying there. Um, But yeah, no, I mean, I think you're right, Marlon. It's like having the right systems in place, and we'll we'll get into that. Like, that's really, that's like mitigating risk if things do, you know, not go according to plan. But um, yeah, back to that main point, you know, you do want to surround yourself with, with expertise in the areas that you are not good at. Um, otherwise you're going to you're going to have issues moving forward with um with your idea and actually developing it into something. Next tip for building your virtual team, your remote team, is to go virtual, to expand your hiring options by going virtual. Look outside of your local area to add that talent, to add that expertise. You know, you are somewhat restricted if you are focusing geographically in, in a in a very small area, if you open up your options to be to in, incorporate, you know, different time zones, different cities, different countries, you can have a larger pool of talent and be um, you know, vetting and, and going through better options and, and that can turn into better results for you. You know, I think there is this general assumption from a, a perspective of old school business that going virtual, you know, like working with the remote teams, that's something that like the, the quality, um, isn't going to be as good as if you're, you know, like building your team in house and they all like, you know, all of you guys work together. And I think that's just, it's not really accurate. You know, I think it comes from this sort of notion that like, Oh, you get a team you know like as an american you know, like you get this team in like india or somewhere you know like on the other side of the world because they're cheap and like they can get you know it's like you can pay for a lot more workers and like you know it's it might not be as good a quality but you'll get things done you know cheap and and quickly and i just, i just don't think that's really the case you know like if you actually look at you know building a virtual team from the other perspective of like there's so much more opportunity and talent out there at all different sorts of price points. Like you could be paying more for that or you could be paying less and you can connect people that like wouldn't necessarily work together otherwise and build a very unique, highly qualified team if you do go virtual. And so, yeah, I think that's that's part of the benefit. Case in point, you know, our team, you know, like we've got, I'm, I'm in Charleston, Marlon's in Berlin and Daniel's in lithuania and slash denmark depending on depending on the week and uh you know that wouldn't be that wouldn't be possible if we weren't open to this idea of you know going virtual yeah it's also
2: uh, like what is your goal i guess like why do you want to go virtual or remote in the first place why do you want to build a remote team like what's the end goal here like whoever you are like figuring that out is I think the first step like do you even need to go virtual as well right for us it was it was just how it evolved because we were working remotely with other like clients before anyways so that was just a natural thing and we know each other from before so and the only way for us to work actually together was remotely and we had Mm -hmm. these roles we fit pretty well together and so we started that endeavor, right? So for us, it was normal. But for for other people, it might be not suitable, actually. Maybe some people really need the physical space where they sit with other people in one room and brainstorm and work. So it is really dependent on the person, I would say. And figuring that out at, at first is, I think, a big step as well. Like before you actually want to hire or start a project or go into the virtual route and build
0: a team, figuring that out. Definitely. Yeah. Dependent, dependent on the person, dependent on the goals and like dependent on what positions you're hiring for, Mm -hmm. you know, like I think there's certainly some positions that would make more sense to, you know, hire in house, you know, like expand your team locally then and other positions it is easier to go virtual. But yeah, the, the idea that like, you know, you're necessarily, you know, like saving money or, or, you know, you're using a, a cheaper option by going remote or or going virtual. I just don't think is is accurate. And and really what you what you are opening yourself up to is um more options, more opportunity from like diverse uh areas of talent.
1: Right. And to prove this point, uh, you can check out topTal.com where you can like hire top 3% of freelance talent and it's i think the process of signing up there for developer or designer is very hard and they are screening out like very best ones i've never used it actually myself but i know that very big companies use it
0: yeah that's a good shout out toptal I've, I've heard good things about them you know i'm sure there are going to be people from all over the world on there and it's like the best of the right. best in the freelance world and it's probably the
2: issue at hand as well for some people they feel like oh i want to go virtual i want to build that virtual team but oh my god there's so many more applicants i will receive like applications i have to go through or people have to sort through like how do i know which person is the best and unfortunately most people just just connect the the price with the quality right all the time so they say like okay then i'll just look for what's cheapest right or what i can afford first and then see what's cheaper Because they also probably, depending on from what area they come, right? They don't really have the eye for, okay, what is good development? Like, how do I know this is a good developer? How do I know this is a good designer? Um,
0: Yeah, we should probably do an episode like dedicated to that entirely of just like, you know, we could dive into that pretty, pretty deeply of just like, you know, how to ensure that like who you're hiring for designer development is like actually worth, you know, actually, actually worth the price of there. Um, asking for. But yeah, that is true. And it can be very overwhelming because you are certainly going to get more applicants and like a, a diverse range of those applicants. There are going to be people that are like trying to outbid each other. And sometimes if you're on something like Upwork, that can just be like a, you know, a, an easy way to to get to the bottom of the talent pool is like, who's going to be the cheapest here. But yeah, you know, depending on on kind of what you're looking for, whether it is an expert or whether it is more of like a a freelancer who, you know, has like a, a mid range level of, of, of talent, you know, there, there are plenty of steps to go through to, to figure out, you know, who's going to be the best there. We won't dive too deep into that right now. Cause I think that could be an entire episode, but that does kind of lead us into the next tip for building your virtual team and getting your project completed. You get what you pay for, generally speaking, you know, and it, this is something where, you know, I think this might not quite be a universal truth, um, but I think it's it's fairly accurate. Generally speaking, when when price point is the main concern for your project, and you're looking for the cheapest option to, to especially in the realm of like, you know, designing and developing an application, you're going to get what you pay for. And if that is something where you're, you're on the cheap side of things, the results are going to be pretty cheap. Um, now that doesn't mean that, you know, paying, you know, that, that doesn't mean necessarily that like the more you invest into your project, the, the better the results are going to be. But, uh, when you're hiring people, you know, take note of, of how much it actually costs. Is, is this somebody who's just you know, very much lower than the average rate for that position as like a, a designer or a developer, well, then you should probably ask some questions like, why is that the case? Why are they so cheap? Is that because they just have like, you know, they live in an area where they they can spend less and still have like a pretty high quality of life? Or are they just desperate to get some work and they're really not experienced and they're really not a good fit. Sometimes that is the case. Or looking for some ratings. Right, on Upwork. right, right, right. They're trying to pad their that's, stats. That's, that's the way to build it. Right. <laughs> yeah. There's plenty of that. The games of Upwork. It's, it's interesting how, how people have to kind of like work with that. And yeah, a lot of times it is like, Hey, how fast can I get, you know, to my five star ratings? Yeah. And sometimes that is just like coming in at the lowest price. And people
2: game the system, right? I game the system. So, like, how do you get the ratings? How do you get the reviews?
0: And and for anyone who's who's not aware, like we mentioned with TopTal, like Upwork is just another marketplace for hiring freelancers, contractors. Um, I think it's is kind of like the the main one. That that was like I think it was Upwork bought Elance or Elance bought Upwork, and those ones combined. Um, into one and it's just kind of like a big marketplace for
2: i guess that's another issue there's so many marketplaces out there and then right i don't know what is what is the one marketplace that sells for five bucks what was that Fiverr. Fiverr, exactly then we yeah, have that one right. as well so there's complete... like complete 99 designs for designers yeah, uh, freelancer.com you can get a lot of like there are a lot of there's a lot of stuff out there but really figuring out who to get is really tough and mm-hmm. I think we yeah. were in a fortunate position, like that's for us was pretty good because we were in a fortunate position that we knew each other before. Right. Like I just also right. said, we, we didn't Absolutely. have that issue. Like, Oh my God, now we have to find a developer. Oh my God, now we have to designer. we just work to, g-. like it's perfect, a perfect fit in a sense. Like every one of us is doing a specific role. has a specific role and does mm-hmm. a specific job. And that just works. But I can see the, the problem with people wanting to create remote teams from scratch. And, Like, just know, like, where do I find a good developer? Where do I find a good designer? Like, or even all the other positions, like marketing, like, if people have no background in that area as well, like, it's tough. There's so much out there.
0: And you're just, like, bringing, you know, you're just introducing strangers to your, like, baby, right? right? You know, like, to this, like, vision that you have that you care so much about. And yeah, it can be super daunting if if you don't have relationships with people. And you're right, Marla. I mean, I think that's where we're so fortunate. It's like we had experience, you know, working together before and like there wasn't that, we had already been past the point of like sort of the initial introductions and we already knew like this was gonna be a good opportunity to like combine forces here. And getting back to that point of like, you get what you pay for. I mean like that guides my mindset with certainly our relationships and also with the relationships with like anyone else we bring into the team. You know a lot of times with projects we'll bring in contractors for specific areas you know whether it's like app store optimization or or similar aspects where like you know we want to bring in an expert and um you know that can contribute to the project and, and deliver a lot of value and with any one of those types of, of, of freelancers or, or contractors you know my my goal is to like definitely build a relationship with them um but also like in in the theme of this tip of getting what you pay for like i want to make sure that i am contributing in a more than adequate way to their livelihood uh, because i think like that the impact that makes in in establishing a relationship with any sort of individual that works at, in a freelancer or contractor capacity it puts you at top of mind it puts you into the category of like I want to work with this person, I like working with this person, and you can actually start to begin to have a relationship that is positive and productive. And you're not just like another project for this freelancer, you know, like you're actually a person, and they can relate to you in that way, which I think is so important. When you are building a virtual team is like you still need to like, be connecting to people, even Mm. though they might be on the other side of the world, you know,
2: Exactly, that's even more important when you have a remote team because you don't have the physical aspect and yeah, I mean we'll get into that like the systems and what we use probably to on a day-to-day basis. Another thing that that I've found that it helps me with that like figuring out who's good or like just on an online basis or that can I guess apply to also if you just have a non-remote team and you just get applications in, but whatever it comes to like choosing who to work with. And the few times I did that, like, looking at what people say, not only, like, what they do, but, like, their beliefs and, like, their why behind it. I think that's very important as well in that that aspect. So I'm always looking out for these things. Like, I'm not really interested that much. Like, I can look at that design and then know it. But, like, if if that design looks interesting... But then I want to know, like, who they are, like, as a person, like, why do they do, why do they design the way they design? And like, Absolutely. as long as that re- is reflected in their profile, and how they talk about it, the better it is. And the more you get a sense for who that person really is. And if the person fits into the team, right? They Absolutely. probably want to build a team that works well together. So if it's if it's a longer project, I mean, if it's also a team that ha- has multiple people involved, right? Mm-hmm.
1: Right. And like, if you go to Upwork right now, you'll see like a lot of developers and designers and uh, whoever else, like there are, you know, hundreds, maybe even thousands. But as you see, like Marlon mentioned that, you know, it's quite uh, a lot of factors that, you know, you need to consider before hiring anybody to work on your project. And if the price is right, like, you know for example when we work with our clients the price point is at the level where we can actually immerse ourselves in the project with all like you know uh even if if like you're going to eat or you're going to shower you s- sometimes just think about this project because like you're <laughs> so immersed in it and you know yeah. you're thinking how to do that what's better to choose you know in order for it to function well
0: and everything like that right yeah that's a good point daniel it's like you can think of the price point like that, that monetary commitment that you have with your team members as like how much attention of theirs that you are like in like that you own. Right. Like at like the lower the price point is like the lower on their list of priorities you are. And again, I mean, it's not like, I don't know if it's a universal rule and it doesn't like that. That doesn't just mean that like the more that you pay, you know, that everything's going to work out, like, you know, but it's also something that I think says a lot about the types of people that you work with, like how much they price their services at, and the lower they are on that, you know, like spectrum of possible rates, uh, you've got to think like, okay, well, this person like, doesn't even value their work that much, you know, like, do you really want to be working with people that like, don't even see the value themselves of what they're delivering? Like, I don't know. I mean, to me, and and it depends, you know, depending on what the relationship is. If it's just like graphic designer for like this one-off thing, then maybe you don't necessarily need to be working with the most expensive graphic designer and, and you can like, you know, cut some corners there. Not to just say that's true for graphic design or anything, but that's just the example I gave. But yeah, you know, I mean, you've really got to consider, you know, how does this person value their work and how is that reflected in their price point? And and right. how will that impact the results I'm going to get from my project that I care about?
1: Yes. Also like, you know, we are pricing based on value, which means that we, we have in mind what is the value in the end of the project, like what return uh, will the customer get? And mm-hmm. then we are very, you know, uh, confident in our pricing. We know that there will be a lot of return
0: that. on it. That. that is true. That is true. We're, yeah, in our case, I think that's a that's a good way of putting it. We're very confident in our pricing. Yeah, I mean, um, that's another th- thing to consider is like how are people pricing themselves? Is it based on an hourly rate? Is it based on, you know, deliverables? Yeah, is it more of the value-based pricing of like you're going to get X, Y, and Z and like there's a general idea of how long that will take but, um, you know, I'm I'm going to be charging you based on that return rather than based on, you know, the number of hours I'm putting in. All that you know those are things to consider when you're when you're considering pricing for building your team. yes, cool, cool, cool. So we already talked a little bit about systems and the importance of that, but yeah, getting into this next tip for building a virtual team and getting your product completed, getting your app launched, better systems equal better results. And if you don't have a systems based mindset for, your business or your app idea. Well, you should probably start thinking that way. Um, a good place to start is a book called Work the System. I believe that's by Sam Carpenter. That's a, a good story about how this guy turned around his business by starting to have a systems based approach to how he did business. And I think it just, you know, is a general sort of holistic look at how to do better in, in life and business. Um, you know, so much of what we do on a day-to-day basis is a sort of recurring thing. It is a habit. It is a pattern of behavior that happens over and over again. And that's certainly the case in business and in building a team to design and develop an app. You know, you're going to be, there are lots of iterative processes there. You're you're going to be repeating things over and over again. And so the more that you can create systems that run smoothly that are step by step instructions that not only allow you to do good work, but if someone, if some random stranger was to come in and take your position, if they were able to go step by step through and actually accomplish that standard operating procedure on their own with no previous experience, that is an indicator that you've got a good system and that will impact the results at the end of the day. And, you know, we're not necessarily perfect at that, but, you know, we're always looking to refine our systems, to refine our processes and ensure that we're a well-oiled machine.
2: Right. I think that's the single biggest thing I learned while doing this whole thing, like systems rule everything. And the more you document them, the more you have them like down, the better, because it's. I can speak for design because and systems change, right? So the system I use to design certain things has probably changed over the years for sure. But like the, it becomes more refined, right? And another word for that is process. And in the design industry, people talk a lot about that. What's your design process? Having a process of things you do to tackle a certain issue or problem is always very important because it makes it so much easier. I think the the reason why systems are so powerful is they take away the guesswork and the thinking around. Oh, what do I have to do now? What do I have to do next? It's like the the only thing you focus on is the task at hand, and you you trust what the the work you have done before setting up those systems, right? Or whoever set set up those systems, trust those those decisions, and can just focus on what's important and what's right in front of you, right? And it's maybe it's difficult to say okay you have a system and then whoever has that in front of them can do the work because it's probably not working for designers or developers because you have to have a certain level of experience to can to really execute i guess the level of execution and the quality of execution is something else but i guess everything around that how things are like the phases that you go through or or maybe just operational tasks right. in, in the business like uh, yeah and it's like things.
0: it's like it can pretty much be everything and and what's so great about it to me is like systems creating systems and refining systems inherently reduces bandwidth which increases productivity because the less Mm -hmm. that you have to think about individual steps on things the more uh brain power energy and time you free up to grow and to and to like create more things so especially in in things where like you know you're launching an app and like maybe you're you're looking at releasing that 2.0 version you're looking at okay what are our core features? What do we need to add to this? And if like, if you don't have a system for that, that's going to be a very taxing process. If you don't have any steps in place to go about like, how do I choose the things that I'm going to add to this application? And how do I like test that? And how do I add them and go about launching them? Like that's going to be really difficult. And like, you can see that, you know, that that's a, like a critical point in any sort of application. Like. Is this going to be something that we can iterate on efficiently or not? And so like having that systems mindset, and making sure you have those steps in place can be crucial to actually, you know, allowing your idea to evolve and grow. Mm. And it's, it's also, it depends who listens to
2: this, right? If, if you have an idea for an app and you just want to have that app developed and you're just hiring people, then you kind of. Because you don't have the experience, you trust these people and like ask them, hey, okay, how's this gonna work? Like, what are the steps here? Like, I don't know, and they will gonna tell you. But if you build a team and you wanna get other clients that you build content for, or products for, then you have to understand what these systems are that the people maybe already have that come on your team, right? Right. So the better your understanding around these systems, and the better you build a system around how your company, how your virtual office works. The better you can communicate that to the client because the client comes to you the same way you would come to to a freelance and say hey how do you work like they will they want to know how you how you execute on that on that idea that they have or the problem they have right so how can we solve these problems and then you will have to communicate to them okay we go step by step we do this this and this and this and then that so the more you know about these systems and the more you try to also build systems the sooner the better like especially when you just start out building a remote team and getting your people together, getting your development team, getting your design team, and then understanding that and refine it. And it's certainly a process of refinement. Of course, it's not perfect, nothing is perfect.
0: And it's a continuously
2: developing like process, right? Mm-hmm. Definitely. Yep.
0: Yeah, and it's interesting too. I mean, like from the perspective of, of someone that is building their team to launch or like to refine their application, You know, the the product itself, you know, the the app, the software is a set of systems, but then you also have the uh, set of systems that are part of your team. There are systems all the way down, you know, and it's like there's the mindset of it, right? There's a sort of like philosophy of systems-based thinking, and then there's the actual like tactics, which is like building and refining those systems. It's just really important You should think about it read that book, work the system. Also, there's a really interesting guy that um, I know who's, I guess, a, a systems-based business consultant. His name's Leon Hendricks. And that would be a good, And we're just coming up with podcast episode ideas now. That would be a good <laughs> episode. Just have it like, only talk about building systems in your business. We could have yeah. him on and uh, that could, I'll, I'll, I'll make a note of that. We could have him on here, that could be a good one. But yeah, better systems equal better results. Creating regularity, refining your systems, increases your your available bandwidth to expand, grow your team, grow your business, grow your app. So on to the next tip: team virtual team building tip. Small teams are agile teams. We've already talked about this a little bit in a previous recording, but yeah, you know when when you're looking to build your team, quantity, you know like like a a, a higher number of people. Is not necessarily going to equal more productivity or, or higher quality necessarily. And in fact, if you can just get the minimum number of people required to get things done, that can probably be the most effective uh, result for that. You know, I, I don't know what the the Jeff Bezos quote is specifically, but he's like, you know, if 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 a team can't be fed by two pizzas, I think. It's probably yeah, too yeah. big of a team. Yeah, exactly. Uh, so that's probably like I don't know, eight people, two slices of pizza apiece. Well, I you know? take and one like,
2: pizza, like maybe it depends on <laughs> how much people eat. Right?
0: Yeah, 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 yeah. For two us it's, two uh, people free because team. of the location. <laughs> that's true. You got to give me at least one slice, Merlin. Yeah, Come on. Of course. Speaking of which, another podcast episode. We just got to have our pizza party. That's definitely going to happen where, you know, I don't know. We'll have to like review, we'll have to review something for that one. It'll be like a laid back podcast episode. We'll each get some pizza and, uh, yeah, have our, (laughs) our pizza team party, pizza team party podcast. But yeah, back to the main point here, small teams are agile teams. The more focus that each individual can have on a set of tasks and, uh, it's almost like a, it's almost like a too many cooks in the kitchen type of situation as well. It's like the smaller the team, the more clear responsibility and and boundaries there are. I think between each team team member, and you know, obviously it's easy for us to say that because we are a small team as well. Um, but I think you guys would both agree yeah. that you know, the more the,
1: responsibility there is, like on each team member, and there is no social loafing
0: happening. Right. Yeah, that's a very good point. There's there's less potential slack because you can't really hide as much Mm. you know plus the management you you, you will be exposed
2: there as well it's crazy like the bigger your team the more you have to manage or whoever manages right like wherever you come from like if you wanted to design but still build a team around that, like still have to do that in the first place and then figure out how to do that so having a smaller team at least in the beginning and have all the expertise like in your team, right, like that you need for for building whatever product you're trying to build, like is very important,
0: right? Yeah, it kind of goes back to that that uh, first point we're making about like you know hiring for your weaknesses, surrounding yourself with experts. It's like yeah, if you can get high level expertise, you know, on a small team, like I think that's probably especially in the beginning, right? A small number of people that are all very excellent at what they do. That's probably going to be a good equation, a good solution for success there. And then, yeah, like as you, as your idea grows, as your, you know, business or your app starts to evolve, you know, you can slowly start to build that team out. But like you said, Marlon, it's like the more people there are, the more management there has to be, the more like delegation and, and, and scheduling of meetings and, and, you know, ensuring of, of, you know, good communication and effective, you know, um, Uh, productivity from each team member is is required.
2: It's funny because the bigger the team, the more systems you need. So if you don't build systems and you still grow your team, you're like, at some point you will notice it and you will get overwhelmed. (laughs) Yeah. So that's another factor, like another reason why you should build systems or understand the concept around systems as soon as possible and at least view building your team and your business from a systems mindset and like understanding where these systems are and why they're important and necessary.
0: Definitely. And definitely. also
2: also, if something goes wrong, I think that's a good perspective to have as well. If something, anything goes wrong, like take the responsibility and look at it from a systems perspective. Like what were the systems that didn't work out here? Did I have any mm-hmm. systems at all that could prevent this or could have prevented this? Or where do I have to add systems to
0: actually prevent this in the future? So... right right? Yeah, absolutely. And it's like getting back to the small teams point. It's like with each person you include in, in a project that is adding more complexity. And like a lot of times we'll have clients that'll be like, oh, well, like, can we just like get somebody else? Like, won't if we, if we add somebody to the development team or if we add somebody to the design team, won't that just make things go faster? It's like, well, not necessarily because like you've got this new stakeholder, you know, in this project now, and you have to consider, you know, their perspective and their needs and like how you incorporate them into the team and like that increases complexity and like what you said Marlon you know if things do go wrong if something bad does happen the more uh complexity there is there the longer it's going to take for you to assess that problem and figure out why that happened and like what you're going to do about it you know if you if you have a small team it's it's easier it's more apparent it's more transparent you know, you can actually see where, where the uh, pain points are, where any bottlenecks are occurring. And, and generally speaking, you know, assess them and, and fix them a lot more quickly. Yeah, it's like coming back to the thing is that it's
1: not simple math right? in, you know, in designing products. Like bigger teams don't mean more work will get done and, you know, right, more yeah.
2: effectiveness. And more hours doesn't mean that more value will be, mm. you know. Especially when you start out building remote teams. Like, if you have no experience with building remote teams, then don't start, like, don't think, like, okay, I should hire as fast as possible, as many people as (laughs) possible. Like, I just see what will happen. Like, I mean, you have to be realistic about, like, your budget, of course, how much money you have. Mm -hmm. And, like, yeah, just, like, the, the, the point that you haven't done it before, right? Just, like, think before you act a little bit. And then... Right. But it's tough because you also, you kind of maybe you're just used to offline team building right like mm-hmm. how do you translate that into the online world like what are the tools you should use for that like 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 all and there are like for each and everything and i think in the offline world there is a there is a thing in the online world that you can use to replace that and we do that for every like every day right with clients working remotely
0: absolutely absolutely and i think that that segues nicely into our next tip for building your remote, virtual, online, all these descriptive terms for uh, building a, a team of people. Um, the next tip being, you've got to, to a certain extent, embrace the unknown, you know, especially if this is your first time, you know, building, building a team or building a virtual team, you know, you've got to accept the fact that there are going to be things that are outside of your control. And they're going to be things that you're unfamiliar with. And to a certain extent, you just have to be okay with that up front and take the leap, you know, go for it. And that doesn't mean like necessarily, like, I think this is what you're talking about, Marlon, like, you know, ready fire aim is, is effective a lot of times in in situations, but especially when it comes to like hiring team members, you want to be deliberate in that. But you also have to accept the fact that like, there are going to be things that are uh, uncomfortable and you're not familiar with upfront. And you just have to, you know, have some belief, have some faith that like, you're going to figure that out as you go. Otherwise you're just going to be paralyzed. You know, you're just going to be like, you know, you're, you're going to be overwhelmed by by the choices you have to make. And uh, you just got to kind of take action there and, and, and take the leap into, into building the, the team, even though you, you know, there might be two candidates for a position and like it's hard for you to determine which one would be better and you you'll you'll be stressing about like which one should I go with? You know, like I can't tell which one's gonna be better. What you like one's one person's twelve hours away and like I've got a schedule for that, and one, one person's closer, but like maybe they're not quite as good, you know, and you just kinda have to upfront sometimes, like be okay with the fact that like you might not know what the best answer is at first. And you know, I'm sure you guys can appreciate, you know, the, the experience of being outside of your comfort zone or the experience of not knowing, you know, exactly how something's going to go. You don't have the perfect plan for, you know, moving forward with your work.
1: Oh yeah, that's for sure. I mean, like the most important thing is not to be afraid of making mistakes. They are normal and you know, it's sometimes you win. Sometimes you learn, I love the saying hey there we go <laughs> yeah and just move forward and learn mm.
2: yeah it's, it's a process definitely like we said right mm-hmm. it's a continuously improvement of the process of the system you build that's not only true for if you hire but also when you work with a team let's say you have your candidates you have hired them and you're working on a project and you figure out like what should we do you're in a you're at a crossroad at the moment where you don't know okay should we do this now should we do that now and you talk about that internally, right? because you sh- wouldn't necessarily want to talk to the client and say, uh, we don't know or at least say, "Well, we have to first figure that out in the sense of like if it's a big thing, I guess being honest is one and one aspect with the client, but you should know what you're talking about and if you say we we go in a certain direction then underline that with your your reasoning behind that as well, right and then at those moments it's necessary to just yeah at, the best of your abilities in that specific moment, do it, like do what you think is best in that moment and then stand behind that. And if you're wrong, like say you were wrong, like you have to face it then in the moment and take responsibility for that, but like immediately learn from it and like improve the system, improve the process that led to that. Know exactly next time. Oh, we don't do this again because we learned in the past that didn't work out or we have to adjust it.
0: Right? Exactly. Exactly. And I really appreciate both of what you're saying here. To this point, because it leads right into the next point, which is kind of part of this tip of embracing the unknown. Uh, the next tip being, but validate as much as possible and and validate as you go, right? And that's the idea that like you're going to be learning, you're going to be evolving. You know, you might not have the answer up front, but your commitment to taking a certain action and seeing what the answer is and growing as a result of that, improving your systems or, or creating the systems and then improving the systems as a result of that. Is going to be critical to also embracing. You can't just Im- you can't just like go about things like I don't know what's going to happen and then like not you know actually record the results because then it's like you're just you're just you're not aiming you know you're just kind of like flailing about blindly in the dark mm. you know you got to you got to kind of like validate things see, see take action and see what the results are and improve your further actions um, as as a result of that and right. validate by getting feedback right like
2: continuously right. yeah. and feedback from the people you work with the most like right like who mm-hmm. are the people that will work for you or with you on the project and like how can you make their process better how can you help them make their work more fluent and more productive right as the business owner as the team owner mm-hmm. you have to support these people like because they do the work in a sense of like how can you make the work they do better in a sense to support them more um, i think that's pretty important and then having like team meetings where you discuss these things right and if it means you have to switch to a different tool or app you use to manage projects or communicate with each other then try it out on a smaller basis right you don't maybe don't have to completely change everything just tweak little things and see how they how they work out and like how they how they influence the next project or smaller projects you work on right definitely
1: Right. And the process we use for that is design sprint for validating the whole idea you have. It's like our default process that we offer to our clients when they want their app to, you know, like compress three months of work basically to five days intense, uh, you know, process. And we happen to be facilitators of that. So you can read about that in our website.
0: Yeah, we'll definitely be talking more about design sprints. We've talked about it already some. And, uh, yeah, you know, like that is a great process that is about, you know, like taping, taking a leap, you know, like trying out potential solutions, testing them, uh, you know, choosing one to work on testing that really quickly and then getting, getting that feedback that you're talking about Marlon of, uh, you know, like seeing what the actual results are going to be from that. And, um, yeah, you know, it's like, it's, you know, it goes along with all these sayings of like fail fast, you know, you either, you succeed or you learn, right? You know, like, it's all about these things of, like, go for it and record the results, see what those results are, and, like, iterate on that, you know? Like, that's that's the mindset you have to have. And that's kind of encapsulated in these two points of embracing the unknown and validate as much as possible. Mm. Right. Well, if... Anyone has any questions about those tips, or would like to talk about them further, or if you'd like to, if you have any experience in building a remote team or or getting an app launched, and you would like to add some more tips from your experience, um, feel free to hit us up. We'd love to hear from you. Email us podcast at p a t s c h Yeah, we'd love to hear from you guys. If you have any questions. could even answer those on the next episode but yeah i think that's i think that's pretty much it guys and those are our tips for building remote teams and get your app launched